This premiere episode of the Lillo Podcast Network is brought to you by listeners like you who are staying home, washing their hands, and wearing a mask when they go out. Lillo. Lillo Podcasts. That's the name. My name is Todd Weber. I am one of the partners here putting on this new adventure called Lillo Podcasting. But I'm not alone. I have three, shall we say, more gifted broadcasters than myself along here. The first is a man who needs no introduction, but I will give him an introduction. His name uh, begins with an R, and his last name starts with an S. And he and I had a show called DC4U last year and enjoyed its first season. But uh, let me introduce him now, and he will tell you about what more things are coming here on the Lillo Podcasting Network. His name is Mr. Russell Sowers, the fine gentleman from Alabama. Russell, how are you? Todd, it is absolutely great to hear your voice again it's been way too long i i have missed those dulcet tones yes that's the second time somebody has said dulcet tones and i think you guys are all just being very sarcastic because i am no No. fan of my spoken voice but uh yeah it has been a while since i have hosted a show or been behind the microphone but i uh i could only do it with you guys and the third person i'd like to introduce is or the third third person step on this podium with me the third man if you will uh who will reveal himself here at bash at the beach 1996 his name is nicholas duke but he's also called walter and other things uh what's your full name nick because i never get it right uh my full name is walter don nicholas brandenburg duke why does nobody ever call you don uh, Walter Don is actually a compound name, much like Mary Jane or Billy Bob or any other stereotypical Southern name you could probably think of. So Don is not used in isolation, nor is Walter, no matter how often my one of my close friends might like to uh, to misappropriate that Some name. Some people call him WD. I was going to say WD. No, might literally, be no one has ever called me that. So there you go. I just did. Now hey, the and there's, there's the fourth man joining this... Uh, well, we weren't. We aren't quite the NWO. <laughs> this is. We're not rebelling from anything. But we will tell you. Tell you about. Uh, are we though? Are we? Are we not? <laughs> I think we are. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're not trying to. There, there are parallels, I suppose. But the fourth man, his name, of course, is Greg Phillips, and he is coming to us from Southern Alabama as well. Yes? No? Eastern uh, Alabama? I'm sorry, I don't south, know. Southeastern? You're close. So yeah. How far away from the Florida border are you? No, I'm I'm close to the Florida and the I'm close to the Florida Georgia line. I know Nick uh, <laughs> Nick appreciates that reference, as does Russell. Uh, but but um, yes, it's good to be on the show. Uh, I have I am uh, I am only a, a very rare podcaster these days. But I, I, when I heard my friends were getting together a Lillo podcasting network, I said I got to be a part of this. I gotta I gotta pitch in occasionally and at least lend my moral support. To my to my colleagues, and uh, certainly it's a, a pleasure and an honor to be joining my good friends here tonight. That's moral superiority, he means. <laughs> I say that. I say. Uh, I say, counselor. <laughs> Maul, Faba. <laughs> so, uh, is anybody here an honorary Kentucky colonel? Uh, I'm marrying a Kentucky girl, so I guess sooner or later I will be. 
Yes, I assume that that's what happens when you, whenever you affiliate yourself with anyone from Kentucky, is eventually you're given a colonelship, right? Uh, if it's not, then this wedding is off. So I'm just saying, I demand a full bird. Speaking <laughs> of which, I, I suppose, uh, Russell, have you been, been on air since you were engaged? There is an announcement. Russell is getting married. Yes, uh, I think I have done a show since that. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's it's been so long since I've done a show, uh, you know. But it's you know that's a that's a fine announcement to make here. I guess yes. I will be getting married in April, uh, pandemic pending, of course. Um, and we are in the process of not just getting married, but now buying a house. So uh, lots of lots of stuff uh, happening all at once here in my world, as well as uh, finally launching this little old podcast network that we've been talking about for quite some time. And uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to finally be back with you guys. It has been way too long since we've. Uh, like had a chance to really sit down and really make some shows happen and uh, I mean we've been kicking ideas back and forth for what feels like forever and now now uh, this is our you know I guess big shot across the bow if you will that uh, we're back yes we should get into the reasons for our secession if you will paying a little tribute to my southern friends here uh we choice of words willow has risen again oh too soon so anyway uh, i for one can't wait for the day when stone mountain bears our four faces instead of the people it does now but that's neither here nor there Yes, I, I learned as i learned recently stone mountain is a monument that features yes. a confederate sculpture it yes. does indeed. <laughs> yes, it does. And what's great is here in the South, when you're when you're a young white kid, they just take you take you to it like an amusement park. Like you go there and see Christmas lights or laser light shows, and they're just like, "Oh, look at the white supremacists up there! It's great." So, and the, everyone laughs have, and has a wonderful time. So you don't even know about this stuff into adulthood, and then somebody tells you, and you're like, "Oh, well, that seems awful." <laughs> Well, that's how that works. But that diversion is over. Let's get back to why we are separating ourselves from PTBN. Uh, this is a place where we are going to have the freedom to do what we want, when we want. And perhaps that wasn't always happening at PTBN. There was a little bit of pressure. You know, It was a very big and organized and scheduled thing. And we are all somewhat lazy, the four of us. Yes. If I can yeah, speak for all of us here. That's, that's fair to say. Yeah. You know, we all have careers. This is our part-time thing. And if it's not fun, why do it? Well, getting into scheduling and um, having to, to – some of it is okay. But I was ending up being responsible for people who I didn't have a lot of input with. And as the owner of that pop feed, I, I was – there were things coming on the air that I didn't have a lot of um, – editorial control over um what do you guys say we, we we all had shows on that network starting with the hard traveling fanboys who started in 2013 if i'm correct <laughs> yeah we, uh, we started the column started column. yeah yeah, yeah. Column started in 2013 and then the podcast was oh uh, what greg 2016 16? i believe yeah yeah because yeah, we so, did the column pretty regularly for about two years and then uh, my second child, my second daughter was born and we kind of fell off the column and were not really around for probably six months or so. And that's when the podcast kind of came into, 
came into being and we were there we were there for 200 weeks i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys know this or not this is this is this is something i, I found out when i was doing a little research for this uh for yeah this endeavor. but at one point we were in fact the, the longest, longest running, running weekly, weekly episodic, episodic comic, comic book, book podcast in all of all place to be nation yeah and it's remarkable we haven't done a show or our traveling fanboys haven't had a show on since February, and we're in July now, and you're yeah. still the longest running <laughs> weekly episode, et cetera. That's correct. And so, now, now, from our standpoint, I won't speak for Nick, I'll speak for myself, but I don't necessarily look at it as a, as a, as a you know, sort of a, a, a acrimonious split, per se. I still, in fact, am on a, an occasional podcast on there, uh, but, like, for me, it was just a situation where, like, we... It stopped being fun a long time ago for me to do the Hard Child Fanboys. And that's nothing, obviously, Nick and I are best friends, but uh, it just it felt like a job. It felt like I yeah. have to do this every Tuesday. I have to I have to read some book or watch some movie or do research on something, and then I have to come on and record for two and a half to three hours a lot of times because we tend to ramble and uh, get ready and do it again the next week. And, and so... It kind of took that aspect out of it, and then at a certain point, kind of realized that Place to Be Nation had grown so much from what it originally was, which is a good thing in many ways, but it also felt like, what were the reasons holding us there? Like, a lot of those initial bonds that, that were formed, I kind of, you know, we, we all kind of went off in our different directions, right. uh, and, uh, and I kind of realized in the last year that, like, I really... And this is not a not an offense to anyone intended anyway, but for me, I realized in the last year or so that I really needed to focus on my real friends versus my online colleagues that I would encounter, you know, through yes. Twitter or wherever. Uh, I love the, those folks are, are fine people and everything, but like I, I just realized I need I wanted to talk to my real friends again and just have chats with people that I interact with outside of just doing podcasts and and so. Right. Uh, that's you know I, I consider all three of the people here on this call to be friends, and so um, for me that was something where okay a chance this is a chance to do a project with my my real friends and kind of just do it for fun again and try yep. to re- rediscover what made podcasting attractive to me in 2016 when Nick and I first started doing it, um, and even back to when we agreed to do the column, which we have. Mm-hmm. We owe, we owe a lot to the guys JT and the gang over there for giving us a shot to, to do our um, to do our thing, and I think we did our we did our end pretty pretty well for a while there. So um, I'm not saying we're going to come back and do HCF again. I'm just excited to be a part of that. Maybe we do, but uh, we're going to do it on our own terms and kind yep. of um, control our own control our own uh, fate, if you will. Yeah, and that's it exactly for me is. To be able to have the will <laughs> and the opportunity to do it when we want to do it. Right. Uh, that being said, don't don't hold your breath for four shows a week or anything like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nope. We are we are gonna like I said we are lazy but we're doing this for fun and but we enjoy it and we enjoy each other's company so we're gonna put on shows here and there and and as far as the most schedule or the most regular. Uh, Content that will drop on Lillo, Russell will be providing, or at least co-providing, a lot of it. And so, Russell, go ahead and tell us about some of the things you have planned here. 
Well, there's a, a lot of stuff that's uh, that's in the works, of course. Uh, folks will remember a couple of the shows that I have already been on that uh, that I was very passionate about while I was over at PTBN, but it just, uh, it like you guys, I kind of got burned out on it after a while because it was just impossible to, to keep up a schedule the way that I really wanted to, and after a while, you're just like, why am I even doing it? But... You know, after all this time, I've, I've really discovered that I missed it. So uh, we're going to bring back uh, one show specifically that I'm very excited to, to get back to with Todd. DC4U is going to be back. Uh, we've got a, uh, a season plan kind of worked out already. Uh, it's just a matter of sitting down and, uh, and recording some episodes and getting those ready for you guys. Uh, I, there's a lot of really good stuff in there, and I think that uh, it's it's aptly named this upcoming season. Season will be called DC for You Rebirth. Uh, Rebirth. Nice. Yes. Yeah. And it, as as your uh, cohort on this, I, I will say that we'll be kind of holding to the format we did last year with a lot of pre-recording and planning, and dropping one episode per week. So when it starts, we'll be ha- onto a regular weekly schedule, unless there's a, say a five-week month or something like that. But there will be a regular podcast uh, for DC for You to start. And, yeah, uh, I, I don't know when we'll start that, but it, it, we'll look for it in the next month or so. And and also we could space it out to like just a couple of times a month. We don't necessarily have to do the the weekly thing if we don't want to. Uh, right. We're we're gonna we're take a, a much more relaxed approach to it. But I can say that I think the content that we have planned out for the season is going to be really great. There's going to be uh, kind of something for everybody and a few maybe little unexpected things in there. Some stuff that's. Uh, going to be even new for the both of us, I think. So there's there's going to be a lot of fun times to talk about. Uh, the other show that uh, I'm going to be migrating over to this feed is going to be uh, the show I did with my cohort, Sam Neely. We're going to be bringing back 90 to, uh, 90 to Nothing, where we talk about movies from the 1990s. And uh, we're also undergoing a little bit of a, a format change there because we're calling this season The Reboot. And it's going to be uh, each episode is going to pick one movie from each year of the 1990s. So there's going to be 10 episodes uh, starting with the year 1990. And we're going to go all the way, each episode progressing another year into 1999 with a uh, random movie selected from each of those years uh, for us to talk about and to also like kind of give our own little fan theories for. Uh, to give you guys a, uh, a little tease on that, the debut episode of the reboot will be on the movie Edward Scissorhands. And uh, we've already gone through the recording process of this one uh, a couple of times. And it was because we uh, we started going down this rabbit hole of uh, fan theory on whether or not the story that's being told in the movie is a true story. Is it embellished or is it all made up? And we explore each of those uh, three possibilities in the episode. And we're going to do something similar for, uh, for each show that we record uh, and for each movie that uh, that we watch, and I think we've got we got a hell of a lineup for uh, for the foreseeable future. Well, '90s mus- movies, um, kind of my sweet spot too. So I, I uh, as a person who 
has been fairly accused of living in the past, I enjoy shows like this. So I'm looking forward to the return of 90 to Nothing, but we're calling it a reboot now. Yeah. Should I? Should we talk about the other show that's in yeah. uh, in development? Go ahead. So yeah, yes, there's a, you have a third uh, show coming. Yeah, yeah. This one, this one will be uh, a little bit further out. We're not ready to like necessarily hit on recording on this just yet. And of course, I got the other two shows to to handle, so that's going to take precedent. And you'll you'll be hearing uh, DC for you and ninety to nothing. Uh, relatively soon uh this next show is going to be something that debuts a little bit later uh my fiance and i had uh kicked around this idea of uh kind of recording some of her experiences into the world of geek which is something that she was relatively inexperienced in prior to meeting me and once she met me she found herself in this whole new world that maybe she wasn't quite uh, fully prepared for, but is now fully immersed in it. So we decided, why not tell this story over the course of a few episodes on a podcast? So we came up with the idea of a little show called Girl Meets Geek, where my fiance and I will sit down and discuss the various interests in the geek world that I have introduced her to, and even a couple that we turned out to already have a common love of uh, before we ever met. And it was just another like fun thing for us to bond over. So we'll be telling that story. We'll be telling uh, our stories and uh, just generally talking about all things geek and fandom. So hope you guys will enjoy that show. We're very much looking forward to getting into it. Uh, we've been developing out a, uh, a season plan right now. We've pretty much got that worked out. It's just going to be a matter of, okay, let's take a break from wedding planning and house buying to sit down and record a few episodes. (laughs) Blow off some steam. And uh, yeah, having gone through all that uh, was remarkably stressful. And uh, it'll be fun that you have this new foundation to build upon between the two of you. I look forward to hearing and to uh, yeah. producing these episodes, I would assume. So <laughs> Yeah, there's 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 still some things to to work out, but we don't want to the like we said at the beginning, we do not want to overtax or overwork anybody uh, the way that nope. we had been. Yep. So uh, it's pretty much we tackle one show at a time and i should give a big shout out to sam neely for uh his production work on 90 to nothing because uh while we record it he does uh the music for that show uh and he does all the uh the the mixing and then the uploading so it takes some of that uh work and responsibility off of todd's shoulders but um in the time that DC for you is going on, because Todd produces uh, pretty much everything for that show, uh, that will take uh, precedent over everything else, and uh, uh, it will probably trade places with uh, Girl Meets Geek uh, a little bit later on down the road. Excellent. Very good. Pardon me for finishing my my tomato while you were <laughs> wrapping up. I I needed another second or two to to finish chewing and. Unmute my button. Are, are, are you I'm eating? Are you looking? I feel like this is. I feel like this is a good intervention here, Todd. Are you actually eating a tomato, like a raw tomato, right now? No, no. It was a slice off of. Uh, so, as uh, at least one other person here, I am on keto. Keto, and keto um, 
involves a lot of open-faced, non-bunned hamburgers. And so, I am having a Red Robin Royal Burger <laughs> lettuce wrap. Of course, my wife made a keto almond flour bun for me, which was wonderful. Uh, but I'm, I'm eating it during breaks with the mute button on and having a slice of tomato while Russell was talking and he just finished sooner than I wanted him to for that particular bite. But can appreciate the keto we're doing it too and uh it's yeah. it's kind of hell on earth <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> uh, you miss out on a lot of breaded things and biscuits and beer but uh <laughs> it seems to work at least seems to be the easiest way to lose weight these days it's it is working uh i'll give it that and we actually just discovered this uh recipe in a cookbook that was uh a peanut butter mousse that kind of comes out like uh, a very pudding consistency. We made that today and man, that is really good stuff. That can uh, whenever I start getting those ice cream cravings, that's a good sub. Very high protein. So, so Lilo and we should uh, say hey, if you're hearing this, go to Facebook go to facebook.com slash Lilo Podcasts is going to be a network that supports our interests or at least um, lets us rant and talk about the things we like, whether it be comic books, whether it be movies, whether it be music or other pop culture things, nostalgia. That's kind of the the jam that we're going. But we'll also talk about wrestling. We'll have the opportunity uh, if, if there's a subject that one of the four of us feels passionately about enough to talk about, whether it's... Uh, I don't know, NJPW or old old WWF or whatever, we can we have the opportunity to do that here, which would be great. Um, mm-hmm. But totally unscheduled, totally when we want to do it. This this network is for us, by us, which is Finally. why I decided to call it Lilo. <laughs> Finally, Nick can do his deep dive into the career of uh, the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan. Uh, <laughs> We've been talking about it for years. Evad Sullivan. Evad, yes, even even now, better. Evad Sullivan's a whole other matter. Evad Sullivan <laughs> just wanted to be a Hulkamaniac, which is a, a sentiment that I think most of us can and should sympathize with. So no uh, no no disdain towards mm, Evad. I'm no, saying. I'm just I, saying I, I, there's I, your I don't know. I don't know there. And hey, while we're here while we're here talking about Lilo. Uh, I understand that we actually have a guest in in the studio with us, guys. Uh, we're not in a studio, so I don't know why I said in the studio. But nonetheless, they're in a studio somewhere. I understand that we have a guest coming to us from uh, somewhere around the Arkansas area. Hang on a second. Let's see if we can get him on the line here. Mm. Name of Carl Childers. Reckon you're listening to Little O Podcasting Network. Mm. We was gonna do a biggin'. Couldn't do it though. That scooter say it ain't got no gas in it. Mm. Anyways, if you a sponsor and you want to hire me on like the Mr. Bill Cox, mm, I reckon I'd be obliged. Damn, Carl, thank you. I really appreciate uh, you joining us today. Carl Childers, ladies and gentlemen. I, I like the way I like the way that Carl talks. I understand that he likes the way you talk too, and all of us. Mm, that's what I was going for. One of them. So, yes, one of them fellers. We got one Carl. Of them fellers, we're gonna be able to get. 
You think we can get Charles Bushman at some point, Greg? I don't believe Charles Bushman is fit for air, Nick. <laughs> Personally. This, uh. this is a network that encompasses many different uh, subject areas, many many areas of interest, and I think Charles Bushman has a particular area of interest. It might be, <laughs> he knows might one be thing. He on. knows one thing very well, but we're not talking <laughs> thing. If we don't have the Bushman on, I, I'm not – I don't know what's going to – I can't be held responsible. <laughs> But, I think uh, we'll give him his own his own show, and Bushman's first guest, Ric Flair. Control. <laughs> oh boy. Oh well, boy. Nick Duke, do you have anything in the pipeline here for Lillo Podcasts? Um, not 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 in a formal sense, in terms of like you know, you and Russell have some very well defined plans, which are admirable, and quite frankly, uh, is is a level of commitment that I should aspire to, but don't right now. And uh, I have a vague, vague desire to to bring back Marvel Age at some point and continue that on. Have I made any firm plans in that regard? Have I reached out to, to the other party involved? No, no, I haven't. So at some point, I think we will have Marvel Age on this network. At least that's the plan. Um, other than that, you know, there's always the hard traveling fanboys reunion out there. But the only thing things for sure control. about. The hard traveling fanboys is that nothing's for sure, and so except that, I don't know. Will, will we do that? I don't know. I honestly don't. Maybe. Maybe uh, not. I'll have you know that I'm still paying for a recording studio in Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, Canada. See, I, Vancouver, I, Washington. Assume, I assume we lost that in the uh, in the split. I oh oh no no no! I signed a long term lease on that bitch. Oh, What's the rent? I mean, my God, Todd, you must be out at least dozens. Yeah. See, I, I assume that the studio had fallen into something of an untenable position, but that's that's neither no. here nor there. I, I am currently subletting it to a one Chris Irvine from Winnipeg. I'm not sure. But, oh, uh, yes, yes. He is from Winnipeg, after all. I think all. that's that's where he's having his extramarital affairs, and he's using it for that. So anyway. <laughs> but no, in a, in, a, in a general sense, Marvel Age, probably, uh, HTF, maybe, and some other things... Possibly. As they it's, as they pop up, yeah, yeah, it's just kind uh, of we, the way I would put it. We have had preliminary discussions of doing a certain uh, doing a certain project for HTF related, and then another project non HTF related. But we don't want to even vocalize those right now because we don't no. want to put even the illusion of pressure on ourselves to do it. Yep. But but when it if and when it happens, it will be right here on Lillo Podcasts. Yes. And uh, and we'll see uh, where it goes from there. Uh, we're going to do this when it's fun and only when it's fun. If it's not fun, you know, there are other places you can go where things are not fun. Um, I should talk about shows I have in the pi- pipeline as well. And, of course, I'm the guy that starts a million shows and never finishes them. But that's kind of the, the idea. At least I have the freedom to do this here and not to feel bad about it. So I will be... Uh, at least in the preliminary stages here, I have a couple ideas that are being worked on. Uh, one of those things is a music podcast. And this is a case where I have been listening to different shows and different kind of styles of shows. And one of those shows is a scripted podcast about wrestling, about moments in time in wrestling by my friend Damian Barling in Sacramento, and he, it's called Relive. And uh, he does a different show every week on different wrestling events. Well, I, I'm kind of, I like that idea. I'm going to be doing that kind of as a hybrid with interview segments, and we'll be looking at particular albums. 
albums over the course of time, but one album at a time. The podcast is hopefully going to be called This Perfect Album, which, you know, we'll be talking about things that may not necessarily be everyone's cup of tea, but uh, will be a labor of love and will be a lot of fun. And we'll be hoping to bring in uh, guests who are outside of our usual circle and that usual circle of, of friends that we all have that we've done uh, shows with before i'm looking to kind of reach out to my musician friends in the northern california area and talk about things that they're passionate about so that's that's going to be my primary solo focus you know as far as apart from dc for you which i'll be hopefully taking a little bit more of a lead on um with with a little bit more of a experience here you know that i, I haven't had that kind of drive as far as comics i don't know i don't know where i'm going to do with uh, a comic book related podcast outside of dc for you uh hopefully i will will get back into marvel age with nick uh in the future but if it happens it'll be happening here and that's the whole point of this network it's we're going to have the opportunity to do stuff when we want to do stuff exactly so uh, one of the things I, I am hoping to do with this is just to have kind of check-ins with the three of you, the four of us, and uh, talk about any one particular thing. We'll call them Lolo Hangs, or we we can maybe do them as a, uh, a jam show. So, since we are in the middle of a quarantine and a pandemic, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy during this quarantine, whether it be watching shows, uh homework uh, as far you know working on your home your house uh video games podcasts what have you nick go ahead and start what have you been kind of focusing on besides the 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 scatological stuff that you i'm sure you're going to say anyway uh now, wait, wait just a minute now now listen listen this not this you're misrepresenting to the people the the the, the issues ongoing in, in the duke household but uh, that's neither. That's neither here nor there. Uh, honestly, um, spending time with the family because I got two two kids who are here now in the house, not going anywhere else. Spending spending some time with them, which has been which has been cool. Um, a lot of video games. A lot of um, a lot of Madden twenty. Actually, Greg, would you care to comment on on that at all? Uh, yes, uh, you and I have been playing a, uh, actually, <laughs> it's, it's interesting how it happened, Nick, because we were playing a franchise on Madden that we, uh-huh. we both agreed to do, uh-huh. and we were using real rosters and real draft classes, mm-hmm. and we got to a point where I had won three Super Bowls in a row over you, Right. and magically, you decided it was a good idea to start a new franchise. No, you I said, asked you, I, I, I you ran said, by you, and you're like, yeah, no, that sounds I, fun. Well, no, you were in, you, you, you brought it up, because you said, yeah, what do you think about this idea? Because uh, suddenly it became an idea and uh, to do a fantasy draft, to start a new franchise, so we did. And I won the first Super Bowl because I drafted for the present. And then after that, admittedly, I've hit a dry spell. And Nick has won three Super Bowls in a row over me. No, nope, 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 nope. Not three. Four Super Bowls in a row over me. Not four. Yeah. Not five. Not six. <laughs> not seven. No, we haven't even got that far yet. No, no, no. But but he has he has taken a, 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 a lead over me in this franchise. But but he also likes to ignore that the previous franchise even happened. In fact, he refers to the event yeah, as Crisis, Crisis on, on Infinite, Infinite Madness. So wiped having out wiped out the prior, prior continuity entirely. Yep. Would I be correct in assuming you are the two foremost GM mode 
video game players on the on the planet. Yes. yes. I don't know about I don't know about the foremost because like uh, you know Tyler Breeze and um, Xavier Woods have that uh, Battle of the Brands YouTube show that's gotten pretty popular. Arguably, has probably done more to advance the cause of bringing the game mode back than anything else. Yes. Um, in terms of providing it a boost in popularity, but. I- our our love affair with GM mode dates back to college. We used to play yes. SmackDown versus Raw. Was it oh oh six and oh seven? And then oh eight was a three way, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, so we used to play oh six and oh seven, and it was great because I would hang out at Greg's house, and Greg lived at a house where inexplicably there were just people walking in all the time for no people who had no business being there, myself included. And so if we had a room full of people who we didn't want to talk to, we would just turn on GM mode. And everyone would just leave. It was the best like social deterrent that has ever been concocted. Yep. It's like it's like the equivalent of Larry David's MAGA hat in, in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like it's really nice. just a great a great invention. Yeah. So I am hoping for one that they bring it back in, in a future 2K game so we can hop on well, that. And, and make no mistake, if GM mode existed in an online forum, we wouldn't be playing yeah. Madden. There would be we nothing else. We probably wouldn't do. Anything, anything at all yeah no. except we that. would probably yeah we would probably and all my all my hours at work would be spent plotting gm mode you would have a so, notebook out jeremy reynolds style just taking yes. notes, just taking notes for GM mode. Yep. but yeah so that's that's uh yeah we've both been doing that and and uh and that's been uh that's that's been a probably the one of the biggest time uh time to take her upper things yeah i did yeah video games mostly for me so madden and then uh I replayed The Last of Us, the first one that came out um, a couple, few years back, and then in a preparation for the second game, and then I've played the second game. Like, I probably that was my biggest like video game binge that I've been on in many years, where I played the whole thing over like the course of I think like sixty hours. Like the first two and a half days it was out, I just that's all I did was sit here and play The Last of Us Part Two. And then, uh, other than that, I've been binging some Assassin's Creed games. I've started a replay of that series. Played the first uh, four games now, and I'm up to the fifth game, which, of course, is entitled Assassin's Creed 3. <laughs> so, um, am I correct in, in saying you are working 100% from home, or at least during the hours that you're supposed to be on the clock, you're at home? Yes, that is accurate. Um, you know, it, it's... As I said early on during all this, like... Not to speak ill or, or or be insensitive towards anyone. I, I truly do feel for people who have had their health affected or who have lost loved ones or who have been financially affected or, or what have you by all this. I, my heart goes out to them. And it absolutely sucks. For me personally, however, this has kind of been the greatest thing of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to go anywhere or see any people. I can stay home with my family all day. I still get, I get to keep my job. Honestly, I don't have to listen to any of my coworkers talk about anything. It's it's been awesome. I wish we could just do this forever. Like, mm-hmm. if my company came out tomorrow, I was like, "Hey, does anybody want to volunteer for full time work from home?" I would be the first person jumping up and down to 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 volunteer for that. I feel the same way. Uh, if I could, I would. The first two and a half months, you know, say <laughs> March sixteenth or so, I. I started working completely from home and I, I it's not been the easiest transition just for the type of work that I do not all of my clientele responded to it I should should uh, divulge I'm a private music teacher I teach guitar bass ukulele lessons one on one and so if the student can handle it going online through zoom has been a, a godsend you know it's been fantastic I can I, I can actually be even better with my time management for the actual lesson 
than in person. You know, I can schedule it down to the second. But uh, there are some students it just doesn't work for, some of the younger ones. So I, I came back to my studios that I teach out of starting in June. And it's been kind of a transition. Hopefully, I'm, I'm trying to keep where the, the number of students I see in a day to less than five or so. And where I can interact with very few people as necessary, um, requesting that they wear masks. There's some that I'm just keeping my space from. But I'm always wearing a mask when I'm teaching, and then I teach the online lessons, but from my office. But working at home was wonderful. Uh, wish I could do it. I mean, if I could afford to do it and, and not lose any business, I would absolutely, positively keep that model. Uh, plus, I saved so much money on gas and commuting. Oh, my goodness. I, I had filled up just before the pandemic started in the middle of March, and I didn't get gas again until the last week of May. Oh, wow. Man. So, savings. I ate a salad earlier, and I got gas really quick. It was <laughs> devastating. No, I, I'm, I'm to piggyback on what you guys are saying, I, I that was my experience the first two months of the pandemic. And, and again, this everybody's situation is different. I had some coworkers who were itching to get back to the office because they had young kids, and they were tired of them and all that stuff. But uh, for me, personally... And I voiced this to anyone that will listen at my particular uh, place of employment. Um, I was home working for about two months, and it was amazing. It was uh, probably the best work experience I've had at this job because I was able to. I was actually more efficient. I got more work done than I ever have before. Um, I was able to work at my own pace. I could get a bunch of stuff done and then do nothing and then do more stuff. I could work late at night if I wanted to, which I'm more of a night person anyway. It was just, it was just a a great experience to be able to listen to, which I I don't want to get into the details of what I do for a living, but I can't listen to music at work most of the time. So being able to listen to music, put on something in the background to sort of relax me, it helped my writing. It made my writing good again. And um, it, it was just a it, it was a better um, a better atmosphere for me, especially if you're if you're an introvert by nature. I think it, it really did um, show you a lot of things about the unnecessary aspects of what we accept as social norms. Like the you wonder why why do certain things happen? Why do we shake everybody's hand? Why do we uh, feel the need to? you know, go to an office and sit there for eight hours um, when you could be doing the same thing in a much more relaxed environment that that allows you to do more and better work. But we're just expected to go in and sit in an office and do it for eight hours because that's what we do. That's what you do. So I think for me, it was sort of an enlightening experience where I realized, gosh, this is this is really the best environment for me to work in. Unfortunately, my employer is not as... Um, uh, is not like Nick's in that they are not that we had to go back to the office June first, and um, I highly doubt that we will ever be working from home again in the near future, unless you know, unless something terrible happens with the with the virus uh, getting even worse than it is now, which is always no, possible. No, you you and Russell and I live in the state of Alabama, and I have it on good authority that if you just pretend the virus doesn't exist, then it no longer exists. You can just oh do okay you want. So good don't point. worry about that. That's right. that's what yeah. my job has been doing. Right, we uh, we were at home uh, from March seventeenth 
all the way to May 11th, I believe. I think that was the day that I went back. I, it could be a little day, give or take a day or two. But suffice it to say, uh, much like Greg's situation, the working from home thing was like the best thing that could possibly have happened. My men- my mental health recovered so much. I had yeah. I had not realized just how like emotionally draining and just like uh, generally horrible my job could be some days. Uh, and not not to say that I work with bad people or anything like that. It's not that at all. It's it's just the fact that I'm. Being chained to a desk for eight hours a day whenever mm-hmm. I only have maybe two to three hours at most of work to do makes me feel like my life is wasting away. And I was like, whenever I was working at home, I could do everything that I was being asked to do at the job. And then I could do stuff around the house. I felt so productive. I felt like I was actually like building a life here. Like uh, my fiance and I were sharing, you know, workspace and granted her job was way more stressful than, than mine was and probably will ever be. But I was able to do whatever it was I needed to do in the morning, be done with that. And then I could go and do stuff around the house so that neither of us has to worry about that in the evening. And then whenever we're both like turned off from work and no longer like having to, even worry about being called or emailed about something. We actually had our nights free and together. And that was something that uh, we as a group, as a friend group actually experienced, I think as well, because we were able to do several uh, game nights together where we would play uh, uh, a series of Jackbox games. Uh, Wait, several? Yeah, there were there were several nights where I'm sorry, I was only on one. I'm just, I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, Todd. We you were on the last one though. You were on the last yeah. one. We haven't done one in a while. I ruined it for everything. It's, it has been. You know, the thing is though, guys, it launched uh, another idea. Like the idea of doing this Jackbox thing with you guys was something that caught on with Elizabeth. She introduced some of her friends to it, and then they started doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this idea that just kind of grew and grew and grew, but everybody was able to stay in touch. And I felt like this was a good way of having human interaction while we couldn't actually be together. But it I, it felt, it felt like to, fun times, you know, fun, close, to, uh, old not times. Not to derail Sorry, your Nick, momentum, yeah. Russell, but like I think we as a friends group, a college friends group, when Todd was on the one, we talked and communicated more in the first like six to eight weeks of the pandemic than we have in years. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I have not talked to Sam or, or David that much ever really. And so it was, it was cool to, to have that experience, uh, which is something we should uh, probably do more of even when life does, does go back to some form of normal. Yeah. It, uh, I think it reminded us of what we were missing. Yeah. Uh, having, being forced to slow down and to not focus on our jobs or the other like bullshit that gets in the way of actually living life and see that we, we really need each other. That's something that, uh, that I've really been able to, uh, to get at the heart of, uh, just from being away from the office. And, uh, I don't have a problem discussing this because I feel like it's something that all stigma should be erased from. I've been in counseling now for the better part of a year, and 
talking about all of this stuff, talking about everything that has, uh, especially all the stuff that's been happening since the pandemic and lockdown, it really gave me a lot of focus on what was going right and what was going wrong and why. And it's because I really wasn't concentrating on the right things in life and being forced to slow down and look at how things were actually going. It really kind of like gave me a better perspective on what was uh, uh, most important in life. And I think uh, you guys have already touched on it, that just being in touch, like being directly in touch with the people who mean something to you uh, can like be the most uplifting thing. It can, and it's, it doesn't even take much. It can be just as simple as a little Jackbox game night. And mm-hmm. suddenly, suddenly life looks so much better. Uh, and not having to go to an office the next day uh, is also pretty tremendous because like Nick, while I say I've been doing a lot of things around the house, which is true, uh, I also took the time to finally get to some of these video games that I bought uh you know, months and years ago, and uh, I wound up getting so deep on the uh, PS4 God of War game mm-hmm. that that it pretty much like consumed my every thought there for uh, a couple of months. It's it's all I wanted to do because it was just it's so well written, acted, and the the gameplay was just as engaging as any. Uh, action game I've ever played. It was one of the best video game experiences of my life, and I cannot wait uh, for the sequel to that. And thanks to Greg, I've actually uh, finally taken the plunge on L.A. Noir, and now I'm pretty <laughs> thoroughly obsessed with that. I've uh, just gotten demoted down to the Arson Squad. <laughs> but you know what? I've only done one case on the Arson Squad, and I actually really had a great time yeah. working my way through it. I, I thought, okay, well, these are probably going to be a little more boring cases, but then, no, actually, this might be the most fun I've had so far. I like the the robbery, homicide, and the, the vice side of things fine, but this, this felt more like uh, that detective work that I was uh, really looking forward to, so... That that's a throwback game a little bit. I know I'm I'm very late to the party on that one, but uh, well, but, but I, I thought it was was not as I think they were hoping it would break bigger than it did. It's kind of a cult favorite. Yeah, it is. But, uh, there's uh, nothing like cruising the streets of L.A. in your car that car for the first time though. Let, let oh, me tell yeah. you something about learning how much I suck. As Gives Todd flashbacks to his childhood. I'm sure. <laughs> um, oh, here I, come here they come. Yeah, <laughs> the age jumps. Yes, but the it's been a long time, Todd. There had to be one. Come on, Jeremy Reynolds warned me there'd be days like this. <laughs> no, Jeremy Reynolds warned you about having flashbacks playing Red Dead Redemption Two. That's what Jeremy warned you about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, La Noire is, is a game I, I enjoy quite a bit. I never finished, so I will go back to it. But that's one I I have recently I late late in life switched from being an Xbox guy to being a PlayStation guy. Not. In, in no small Welcome. part, to yeah. because now I can uh, interact with my friends. Hey, it. when uh, when Microsoft buys uh, Warner Brothers games, we can all swap back to Xbox, I guess. <laughs> if well, we want to play the next Arkham type game, yeah. sure. But we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Or, uh, but yeah. yeah so uh, I I I have played a video game as well during this 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 quarantine. I played the Spider Man game finally. Yeah. There you uh, go. Peter yes. Spider Man. 
and and very much uh, very much enjoyed it. Thought it was a, thought it was a great game. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I be it, actually I committed so hard to playing it. It took over my life, and it only took me about a week to beat it. And uh, uh, that is impressive for Greg. I don't people think yeah. You game about as slow as you read, so that's a pretty pretty massive improvement. Well, I mean, it depends on the game, though, because like certain games, if I get into it enough, it consumes my life and takes it over, and it's all I think about. Like that was Red Dead Redemption Two for me last year right. in the spring of 2019. I played that game, granted, for like three straight months, but that's because there's so much to do on there. Right. And I was obsessed with doing everything. I wanted to catch all the fish and hunt all the animals and rob all the banks and and all that other stuff. And I'm so, telling you, if you ever fire up The Witcher Three, you're going to fall into that that uh, that pitfall because that's how I was with that game at, back around the New Year. I'm uh, same thing. Like same six weeks. Same thing. If you fire up Pitfall at this point, uh, <laughs> you'll get lost in that one as well. But no, I, I I did that, and I have not. I have bought a bunch of games and just not played them. So I have many others yeah. sitting on the. Um, you watched the opening there. cinematic for Last of Us, but got no further than that. I got no further, no, because I, 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 I don't want to play games like that when I'm tired, and I'm often tired when I get home from stupid work, and uh, and so I don't want to. I don't want to have a foggy mind when I'm playing a game like that. I can pick up Madden or NBA 2K or whatever, and I can play those and not have to think about them that much. Um, but when it comes to uh, to to the games like that, I really want to be able to. Get in the zone. Plus, I, I I know that with with games that are good, they tend to take up too much of my mind a lot of the times. And then I'd, all I want to do is stay and play them, and so I'd stay up way too late, and and it's just. Well, The Last of Us is really a game that we all need during this pandemic right now because it's just a game series about just the worst things happening to people and everyone being miserable, which is what we all need in our lives right now. So I highly yes. recommend it to anyone who's who needs a, a shot of negativity during these times. You know that uh, I was late to the party on that first one, but what a grand experience it was playing it. Uh, the, I mean, I yeah, everybody is absolutely miserable, and the world is pure shit throughout the entire thing. It doesn't really get better than that. Uh, but the character work and just the gameplay in general is so engaging that you're you wind up just being sucked into it. I mean, it's it's like Walking Dead, but good. <laughs> it, yeah, that's what I kind of compared it to for Greg, to Greg as well. I kind of told him that, like, you know, obviously, as we discussed on HTF many moons ago, I stopped watching The Walking Dead because it started to suck. And Last of Us has kind of filled that void because it reminds me of, like, Walking Dead at its best. And honestly, Last of Us at its best is better than Walking Dead ever ever was. I me. would. So, no, um, I'd fully agree with that. It's uh, And no spoilers yeah. for those who haven't played it, but my God, the ending of the first game and then the ramifications that carries over into the second game are like just heart-wrenching stuff. That second game, I started playing it and like an hour in, it rips your heart out and then just proceeds to stomp on it for the next like 35 <laughs> hours of gameplay. This sounds like exactly the kind of thing that uh, I will be possibly breaking our new house in on. <laughs> oh, amazing. I uh, can't give it, it and, and the creators have caught a lot of shit online un, undeservedly, I would say. Um the game is a masterpiece, an absolute masterpiece, and I, I don't want them. I don't want to wait another nine years, like it was the last time. <laughs> yeah, to see how it was they a, follow up this ending. Uh, 
piggybacking or going back to what Greg said, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Spider-Man game, actually, because that was the first game that uh, I completed while in quarantine. I had started on it, had gotten about maybe a quarter of the way into it. And then I was like, oh, suddenly I have time. Let me sit down and play this. And by the time it was over, anybody who's ever listened to me talk about comics before knows that Spider-Man is my all-time favorite character and that I am looking for, like, in other medium, I can be uh, a little critical of how the character is handled because I want it. I want to feel like that experience that I get from the comics is being translated over to, the, to another screen or to an actual like, motion screen. And getting to the end of that game, I felt like maybe the most complete Spider-Man experience I've had outside of the comics. It it was just so engaging. Uh, the character work is so well done. The story is absolutely great. Uh, and it's, it's based on nothing from the comics, which I think was to its benefit. I think that's the secret to success there. Like, tell your own story. Do your own thing. And they nailed that one uh, to the point where I was like, I got 100% this thing. I'm still working on that part of it, by the way, but uh, not too far off, actually. I have completed a whole bunch of side missions. I think I'm at like 98 or uh, 97 or 98% complete on the game at this point. I've got just a little bit more to do, but I'm, I'm being challenged in uh, some kind of annoying ways. But, uh, but I will get there. I'm kind of determined to get that platinum trophy. And I haven't been that determined to get one of these things since the original uh, Arkham Asylum game, which I eventually did get the, the platinum on. So, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't speak highly enough of that Spider-Man game, and my God, I cannot wait for that yep. Miles Morales game to drop. Uh, yeah, there's still some uh, ambiguity over what it exactly is. It's a yes. sequel. It's an add-on. What's going on with the uh, PS5 slash sequel to Spider-Man, but featuring Miles Morales? It's. Uh, I mean, as I'm reading it, it feels like it's a like that un- that, that uncharted spinoff thing they did. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's it's similar to that. It is its own experience, but it's more of a supplemental story and not maybe a true sequel to the uh, PS4 Spider-Man game. Which, if if that comparison proves proves accurate, as um, the media the gaming media has reported. I wonder if they go the full Uncharted Lost Legacy model because Lost Legacy acknowledged up front this is not a full, you know, full price experience. I think it's only like a ten to fifteen hour game, Lost Legacy. Yeah. So they they launched it at forty bucks instead of sixty. So will will this launch at fifty instead of seventy? Which is the other thing. Apparently, with the next generation, we're going to see a price increase to seventy dollars. I know fills Greg's heart with joy. Um, <clears throat> Man, it's going to be a long time till those uh, greatest hits games drop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm. I honestly, at this point, I'm not really like rushing out of my door to buy a new console on day one, unless something, like unless there's a, a piece of IP that's announced for it. Because right. I just haven't seen anything that like this Miles Morales game looks cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be shocked if they announce that they're going to port it to PS4 anyway. And plus, with it being a shorter experience, uh. I can wait until. 
there is something that makes me feel the need to buy a PS4 or a PS5, excuse me, to, to go out and. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like it's going to get that because, the, like the PlayStation 3, when the PS4 came out, they still supported it and released games for it for like another year afterwards. So I feel like that Miles Morales game is going to wind up being on PS4 at the same time that it's on uh, PlayStation 5. So I'll probably just get it there and. Uh, maybe they'll do it like uh, one of the other games that's uh, coming out where they're offering a uh, a free upgrade. Free upgrade, right. Yeah, yeah. on Marvel, PlayStation Marvel 5. Avengers. Yeah, Marvel's Avengers is offering that free upgrade to the PS5 version if you buy it for uh, PlayStation 4. And you know what? Hey, that's cool. They should do that for uh, for all these games. And I mean, it's I am likely to buy a PlayStation 5 simply because they said the magic words, backwards compatibility. Backwards compatibility. Right. Uh, that's... That's what we've been waiting to hear for years and years with the uh, the new PlayStation model. So if they're bringing that back, hey, cool. Uh, I am. I think I'm going to make the the leap though. Uh, I'm going to try and just get my game library uh, digitized as the, the as the digital versions become cheaper. Uh, I'll just do that and go for the uh, the non. Uh, like disk drive version of uh, PS5 whenever it comes out, but uh, I'm like right, hundred dollars less, right? Or what? Yeah, is it? exactly. Like it, it shaves off like a hundred bucks. And uh, Nick is right though. It's rushing out to buy a PS5 on day one is crazy. Don't don't do that. Uh, let them come down. I'm even like wait for the slim version, uh, whatever form that's going to take, and wait for that that price drop for sure i don't want to pay the gigantic price that a playstation 5 is going to have when it drops and on top of that it's most assuredly going to have some bugs and kinks that are going to have to get worked out and uh about a year or two in i feel like they'll they'll be in a better spot so it's it's worth waiting for and the playstation 4 isn't going anywhere just yet it'll it'll still be supported for a while what do you guys do for uh, when you run out of storage space with external hard drives External. Uh, how, how big do you guys go? I have, two, I have two terabytes, and I think I paid like eighty bucks at Best Buy for it. It, it, it hasn't happened to me yet. I, I just keep I offload games when I beat them, and then I only install games that I plan on playing at a given time. Um, so I, I have not run into the the storage issue yet. I have a PS4 Pro, which has a has a terabyte anyway. So um, I've not I've not well, run out of space that. yet. Back I bought a, Christmas last year. They had the. Um, the PlayStation Store had that sale on Assassin's Creed stuff, so I bought like the pack. It had like every Assassin's Creed game from Assassin's Creed Four all the way up through. Uh, uh, what's the most recent one, Greg? Origins? Is that right? Origins. No, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, it brought it all the way forward, so it was like it was like nine or ten games, and so it was a. I want to say like a seven hundred gig install, but I popped that onto my uh, onto my external hard drive with no real issues. Plus. Numerous other games. I'm on two terabytes, and I think I'm only about halfway through that two terabytes. So, um, yeah, it's, and I've got probably upwards of 25, 30 games now installed on there. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth buying uh, an external hard drive. I bought a four terabyte, and and like all the games that I had on my uh, 500 gig. Uh, PS4 Slim, uh, I had to do what Greg was doing. I had to offload games because I couldn't put mm-hmm. anything new new on it. And when I hooked up the uh, the four terabyte, it was like, oh my god, let me just put all those games that I uninstalled. I yep. put them all on that, and I just play yep. them from the uh, 
from that hard drive, yep. and uh, the PS4 memory is only really there to uh, to go for like save games or even I don't even know if it's using it for that anymore. But uh, yeah, you have to for some reason. Um, I don't know about yours. You have a Pro, and I have I have the older version of it, but. Um, I'm not sure if there's a difference between the models, but mine will only allow save games on the main PS4 and not on the hard drive. I think yeah, that's the idea is that so you couldn't just take your hard drive to somebody else's house and give them your ah, uh, okay. yeah, it's pretty much that. But I mean, save games is fine. Like you can do that. Oh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a tiny amount of of space, but that external hard drive was like, man, this is a lifesaver. I I thought I was going to have to maybe invest in the PS4 Pro at first, but uh, no, once I've hooked up that external hard drive, I will never have to worry about that. I got plenty of room. Yep. Right on. Well, uh, we're winding down here. Anybody have any binged shows they've watched during the break? Ozark. Several. Yeah, Ozark was uh, on my list as well. What a show. Yeah. Was anybody like me where they uh, binged all three? They hadn't seen the yep. first two before. Oh, oh I, absolutely! I have, not seen, I have not seen any of it. I watched. I watched all three seasons in about a month. I hmm. uh, watched all three seasons in about a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we tried to do one or two a day, so max maximum of two. So it was about three weeks for us to get through the three ten episode seasons. I believe they are. So, yeah. Uh, Great. Yeah. What an amazing show, and I uh, can't wait for season four slash part one and two, the way they're doing it. I've uh, not yet finished it, but I watched a bunch of Clone Wars as well, finally, after all these years, which is surprising, given the nature of my Star Wars fandom. It took me this long, but uh, worth, the, worth, the, worth the time investment thus far, I would say. Yeah, We're trying. Gonna, We're trying to get through it. That's going to be next for me, I think. Uh, we also binged uh, a couple of HBO miniseries. We did uh, The Outsider and yes. Watchmen. Uh, the Outsider. <laughs> I started that. And, uh, that's during the like HBO free trial, and I haven't finished it yet. Oh man, Watchmen it is. I've still not seen, even though everyone tells me I should. Look, My yeah. God, oh, Damon Lindelof. Oh, uh, you're still bitter. Uh, uh, I am. I, I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to defend the man, but even a, because even a broken clock is right twice a day. But yeah, Watchmen, holy shit! Uh, it is every bit as good as the hype around it says it is. And Does it that's, actually have an ending? Yeah. Uh, oh my god, he can actually write an ending. Stunning, yeah, it's stunning news it, here. He wrote actually, the ending first. He said. Good. Yeah, and the ending is remarkably satisfying. It's like you know oh, what. Yeah. That is that is a Watchmen ending. That is as good as I could have hoped for. Well fucking done. Don't do any more. It's good right there. Yeah, it's like the, the editor of the New Frontiersman finding Rorschach's journal. Yeah, it was know. pretty. It was on par with that. I was like, you know what? That's the end. Oh, I just spoiled a thirty-year-old graphic novel. Sorry. Oh no, For, uh, forty-year-old thought. <laughs> almost. Almost thir- forty. 30, yes. Thir- Thirty-five. Yeah. 35 plus. Uh, and also, and our good friend Jeremy Reynolds would remind you that it's uh, Rorschach's journal, not Rorschach. <laughs> We're playing all the hits tonight. We he's love been, you, Jeremy. He's been name dropped at least three times now. He, yeah. should, he should feel special. Um, he should be on a show, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, I will I will reach out to him and, and see if we, have, we can share some of our experiences. We'll, we'll from- need some strong editing for the awkward silences, but that's neither here nor it's facts. It's true. But we well, love, right we, on. Seriously, we kid because we love. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, um, anybody else watch? Uh, let's see. High Fidelity. 
on Hulu. Have oh, not, no. but man, I loved that movie and the book. So uh, I, that's a show that uh, I should probably get on. Yeah, it it pays pretty wonderful homage to it, but uh, some some slight character changes. But what sure. they're able to do is is stretch out some of these arcs because of yeah. the the season long nature of it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I felt that she was um, Zoe Kravitz, who played the John Cusack character. Um, the the gender flipping worked, and uh, again, the, mu- the show is about music, and the producers well, definitely made the music. Uh, anything is an improvement over John Cusack, in my estimation. Oh, good lord! <laughs> uh, good to have you, you know, back, uh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I won't yeah, defend I, all of the band's work, but High Fidelity is a great movie. I, I haven't watched it yet, but apparently, my wife has watched Hamilton like five times in the first week. So there you go. There's that. I will I will defend Hamilton. I have seen it live in Chicago, and then I saw it. Uh, I've, seen it I've seen it twice on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, the Broadway cast is uh, was way better overall, and it's it's just an experience, man. Uh, it's not something that I expected to like. I was basically uh, I felt a not uh, maybe a little forced into into going to the. Uh, <laughs> The, the Chicago don't one. Just say yeah. it. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was something that I was not necessarily looking forward to until I watched the show and my opinion changed during it because it is powerfully done. Uh, great way of telling this story. Uh, I mean, there is dramatic license taken, of course, with historical events. You take you know you take that for what it is, but it's just the overall spirit of it really hit home and watching it through the 2020 lens especially uh it feels especially poignant in in our current climate so uh yeah i I actually do encourage you to to watch it nick and watch it with an open mind because this has the opportunity i think to to change your mind if you go into it with that so so okay so here's the deal not to not to not to drag this out anymore that needs to be dragged out but so uh i have not actually I, i just said i've not seen it but I've heard some of the songs and stuff, right? Yeah. And this is this is a bit of a bit of a, a, a lengthy comparison, but but bear with me for a minute. My wife's oh, favorite God, movie. Nick. My wife's favorite movie is Ten Things I Hate About You, which I can fully acknowledge. Hey, that's a good movie. You know that uh, that scene near the beginning of the movie when they walk into English class and the professor starts rapping Shakespeare, and all the kids like look at him like, "Oh my God, this is so cool." That scene, it make it is so cringeworthy that it makes me physically uncomfortable to watch. And every time I hear a song from Hamilton, that's what I'm reminded of. That's unfortunate because there's nothing like that when you see it. I think I heard the one that was like them rapping about a national bank or something, and I was like, oh, well, there's that. Uh, I would say, again, get to the first break with King George. Watch the show. Watch the first half hour or so with it with the captions on with an open mind. Now, see – and here's a fun, here's a fun game we should play though, as I told Greg. <laughs> Apparently, the show's running time is like upwards of two hours and forty minutes, something like yeah, that. That is correct. Okay, yep. so what? I, here's my proposal: get me and David Sunday in a room, force us to sit down and watch this thing, and see who starts bitching first. <laughs> <laughs> the gloves are you know? off, but we all knew this about David. David doesn't like the long. 
No. Yeah. That's, that Broadway shows have an intermission. This this setup with an intermission where you can watch the first half. Plus, in this era of streaming and convenience, you can pause. You can come back. I myself haven't seen the second act yet. I have, I've watched the first act twice because I liked it that much. But with a 13-year-old who we are trying to indoctrinate to all things cool, uh, we watched it with him and he enjoyed it for fine. But trying to hold him down and make him watch the yeah. three-hour version would be a bit. Man, that second act though, that's that the emotional roller coaster really takes off there. Like it's it's this great build up through that first act, but then that that second act is probably where Nick is going to be happiest because that's when people start to get miserable and unhappy. And uh, yeah, I mean, what's like, who wants to see people being happy? I know I don't. Uh, I don't know about exactly. you guys. Yeah, there there isn't a lot to be had of happiness in that second act. All right, well, that's the that, I'll, I'll give you this. That is the most intriguing thing anyone has said to me. About. Nick really strikes me as an Aaron Burr kind of guy. Oh, I love Aaron Burr in this show. Um, Burr? Sorry, that was a <laughs> reference to a the peanut butter joke from 1998 or something like that. Yep. They referenced it in a uh, documentary special they did on Hamilton uh, for Disney Plus. Uh, they talked about you know the most anybody knew of Hamilton was a peanut butter commercial. <laughs> is is that the Disney Plus gimmick now? They're just going to do like. Documentary, documentary stuff that's on their on their streaming. Service. Well, they've got all that footage already cut. So like, here I you go. You like the Mandalorian? The, Here's your documentary about the Mandalorian. I can't wait like for the documentary about all of those Marvel shows. Each one gets like a documentary. I'm for it. <sighs> I'm I starting to think they'll never come out. It feels like they yeah. promised forever. And oh, I don't, I don't want to hear that, Todd. How long have I know we been promised Green Lantern Corps? I'm a fatalist. Speaking of which, uh, here we go. We're on the uh, HTF uh, rundown. But there is Gotham Central adaptation coming to HBO Max. <laughs> you know, Greg and I, <laughs> Greg and I were talking the other day, and we were like, "Hey, you want to have the same exact conversation we had like six years ago?" And at the time, I was like, "You know, well, maybe. Hey, it'll be different because, from what I understand, it's supposed to be set kind of at the same time as the Batman." And then, like two days later, the news breaks. This is supposed to be set before the events of the Batman and show how <laughs> Gotham City became so corrupt. So at this point. I'm going to wait for the show to come out. Yep. I'm not going to watch it until I until I hear some things about it because I'm not getting. I'm not. not you don't want to get Gotham again. I'm yeah. not getting Gotham again. Uh, we better say it before we forget. Hashtag Gotham, Gotham sucks. sucks now and forever. And now, wait till it the comes other on members PCU. of Good Charlotte are they are they busy? I mean, they could probably get them in on on this this new Gotham show. I mean, that would be a no, no one yeah, in Good Charlotte is busy at this point. I think uh, Avengers Sevenfold they're going to do M- the next M- facts. Isn't one of them dead? Uh, I don't know either. I've, I think that would be the Glee. The Glee cast is all dying. What's going on with that? So, anyway, subscribe to Lilo Podcasts. Uh, we will be. We'll talk about celebrity death and yep. how I hate everything. It'll be awesome. optimism, <laughs> fat people, food, uh, our toilet problems. What's with the new toilet paper? If you notice, it's not as wide as it used to be. Has anybody noticed that? Yeah, I have. They, they've started cutting it thinner, like newspaper print. Newspapers oh. used to be much wider. This is this is this is a whole other thing. Charmin yeah. Essentials. If it, if you not not Charmin brand toilet paper, but something branded Charmin Essentials, don't buy it. It is not worthy of the esteemed Charmin name, in my estimation. It's like Oreo thins, but for toilet paper. Oh, listen! I should not be able to <laughs> hold a piece of Charmin up to the light and see through the piece of toilet. Hey, here's paper. here's a thing. Here's a thing. You're talking about uh, talking about uh, these celebrity deaths. We could be. 
the equivalent of when Terry Funk would call into uh, Ric Flair's old podcast just to say hello, and Ric Flair would tell him about all the people they knew that had died, were dying, or had debilitating illnesses that caused them to lose control of their faculties. I'm for it. I, I seem to have heard a conversation like that or two from... God uh, damn it, one. Rick. Don't you ever have any good news? Well, I just didn't know you knew. I, I didn't know you didn't know. I thought you. I, I wanted you to know. Tommy Rich has no teeth. <laughs> this would happen if a podcast with Rick. Well, Tommy Rich and I. My friend Jim heard that, so we should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn <laughs> candy man. Get me up a rope. Uh, pronouns, pal. So we will. Uh, Hope to see you in the future here on Lolo Podcast Network. I am going to sign off now. My name is Todd Weber. I am Russell Sellers. Greg Phillips. Nick Duke, I guess. Yeah, that, that, that was the best sign-off I could come off with. For all the gang, Russell, Nick, and Greg, we will see you next time here on Lolo. Like and subscribe. Listening, Eric, can everybody hear everything okay? I can hear you guys fine. Can you guys hear me okay? You're a little quiet, Nick. How about now? Uh, a little bit louder. Okay. And a little bit softer now. And a little bit softer now. Hey, hey. I prefer, I prefer the Janet Reno version. Or not the Janet Reno version, the Will Ferrell version. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Will Ferrell and singing Watch Eurovision on Isn't that funny? It's hilarious. Oh, well, I was God. shocked. I was shocked to hear you guys singing his praises because I, I saw the trailer and I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, more Will Ferrell. But I tell you what. I like Will Ferrell, but I, I just haven't liked his recent stuff. Yeah. I, I, this one's I, like old Will Ferrell. I paid cash money. And by cash money, I mean I, I used my uh, AMC gimmick to go watch Holmes and Watson. And man, that was that was brutal. Brutal. <laughs> But I'm glad to hear this is a return to form of sorts. Yeah, it was uh, unexpectedly hilarious. I just saw, um, what's that Rachel McAdams movie that everybody else has seen a decade ago? The Notebook. There we go. I saw that for the first time recently. and He's <laughs> <laughs> the life. What else have you seen recently? I just got why that's funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into that, Nick. You don't have to dig, dig, dignify. We've we've all made those sacrifices, my friend. Mm. Mine is a show called Outlander. Mm. I'm gonna be forced to watch Hamilton at some point. I'm pretty sure. Oh yes. Oh yes, he is. He's in trouble for not having seen it. Actually, no, he's in trouble for making fun of it. For making fun of it constantly. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for all uh, making time today and getting this ball rolling. I don't yeah. have shit else to do. Figured it was time to shit or get off the pot. Sure. And I don't want to get off the pot because then I would have to, I don't know. Then I would just feel sorry for myself for not having anything going on. And then we have to deal with the hemorrhoids of life for sitting on the pot for too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody likes those. No. <laughs> Nick's had hemorrhoid-like experiences lately. No, I have not. That's a, that is a gross over-exaggeration, over-exaggeration of the issue. No, no, no. What I said was, what I said was, 
in this era where where brand names carry a lot of weight with people, there is perhaps no more trusted brand in my worldview than Charmin. And there is a product out there called Charmin Essential that, quite frankly, does not is not worthy of the Charmin brand name. That's all I'm going to say. It is not the quality that I have come to know and expect from the fine people at Charmin Toilet Paper. Well, all so right. There, there have been some issues. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that I, you know, no hemorrhoids, not to that degree, but it, you know, just not not up to snuff as it relates to to the, the rest. The words of I heard were a little bit of red in there. Oh, yes, yes, that's true. I can't deny that. That doesn't mean there's a hemorrhoid. Yet. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's our format going to be on this thing, guys? I mean, I'm not that we have to have a format, obviously, but, you know, we don't want to ramble on for an eternity. Uh, I'm for us continuing to discuss Nick's forming hemorrhoids. <laughs> I feel like there's no better way to introduce the podcast network than that. Uh, there it is. I mean, it just writes itself. We just sit us the down only, on a call and let it go. The only must, I feel, is that we have to have Carl introduce the name of the podcast network at some point. Oh, right? man. Does that mean I have to work out my uh, my voice real quick? Yeah. No? Uh, Hold on. Let me pull up uh, Let me call, pull up Carl's Facebook account. If you're, not gonna actually, if you're not going to actually do any shows for the network, the least you could do is provide us with some voices from time to time. Sure. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I like them taters, especially them big and when they fry them up hard at that frosty cream. <laughs> they say they're a feller what make love on him. Make love on him some taters, some airs. Mm. They say he holler to it and all. Mm. Taters is good for cooking and eating on or for them youngins to put them faces on them and all. They ain't no good. <laughs> they ain't no good for making no love on <laughs> That feller, he ought to go off somewhere and get him a gal to go walking around with him outdoors. Mm. What? Carl, do you like flowers? <laughs> flowers is real pretty. I always thought that. <laughs> that gal what walks around with me, that sister of hern, she got her a little old sitting porch out yonder in front of that trailer house now. Some folks call them mobile homes. I call them a trailer house. Mm. That and yonder got a boat what don't run. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> well, Carl, you know you know how to make things run, don't you? Hmm. This one ain't got no gas in it. Didn't you used to work on small engines for Mr. Bill Cox? Oh, I worked next to that scooter working for Mr. Bill Cox. Mm-hmm. Mm. That boy, he lives inside his own heart. You keep that up, you're going to go to Hades. Some folks call it hell, I call it Hades. <laughs>